Turned Out a Punk. I'm your host, Damien Abraham, and once again, I'm bringing you a conversation with people that grew up listening to punk, may or may not still be involved in punk, but had their life changed by the genre in a major way. Today on the show, not one, but two amazing guests. We have Elisa from the band Arch Enemy, an incredible front person, and then we also have Doyle of the band The Misfits. More on that in a second, but first, if you want to get in touch with me, you can hit me up at Lefford Damien on various forms of social media. You can go over to DamienAbraham.com, and there's an email address there. You can also go over to Facebook.com, and there's a Facebook page run by my brother, Tristan Abraham, and we post stuff that gets sent into the show there, so, you know... You can send messages there and check out some of the cool things that get sent in to us, you know, various flyers, whatnot. Uh, and if you don't use Facebook, like myself, we also post that stuff over on Tumblr, www.tumblr.turnedoutapunk.tumblr.com. That makes much more sense. Uh, and uh, if you want to support this show, tell all your friends, say you like it. If you use iTunes, you can subscribe to it. You can write a review. You can rate it. You can uh, uh, you can uh, tell uh, you know tell tell everyone other ways too. But that really helps the show. So please do that if you use iTunes. If not, who the fuck cares? Uh, and I think that is it for plugs. Oh yeah, last week I talked all about the Tournament of Death documentary. It was supposed to come out this week, and I was really excited. Well, that has been delayed. So don't worry. The Tournament of Death documentary is going to be coming out soon. Over on Vice.com, just not yet. It's been delayed because of some re-edits and stuff. But it's going to be, it's going to blow your fucking minds. There's no other way to put it, you know? It all comes back to wrestling, so I had to talk about that and and, and tell you that it's not out yet. And that's about it. Uh, Right now, I am in England with uh, my friend Jonah, uh, looking very fetching in his underwear in the background. I've got a thing of beef and tomato pot noodles steeping. And I'm watching Death Wish 5 on TV. So this is like kind of a perfect end to a, a great evening. And it couldn't be better for you too. Because this week on the show, not one but two amazing guests. This is a couple that is madly in love with each other. Uh, the whole thing kind of came about though. Full credit where credit is due. My cousin Garland, who plays in the band No Joy. And my brother Tristan Abraham. And Jasmine, who plays in No Joy as well, and her sister is Elisa, kind of conceived this whole plan to have the two of them on the podcast and the three of them work together to make this all happen. So all credit where credit is due. And eventually, I want all three on this podcast. Jasmine is incredible. If you don't know No Joy, one of my favorite bands to say on this podcast. And that's not just because my cousin was the drummer in the band. That's because I think they're an amazing band. Uh, And uh, yeah, so eventually they will all be on the show, but they've worked very hard to make this thing a a possibility. Elisa and and Doyle are incredible. It was, (laughs) they came to my hotel room, they sat there and, you know, it was just like two people totally head over heels for each other. And I got to talk to them about punk. I love my job. Uh, this is a fun one. So everyone, please sit back and enjoy not one, but two amazing guests on Turn It Up Punk. Alisa from the band Arch Enemy and Doyle from the band Misfits and, and Doyle, of course, too, which Doyle's awesome. Anyway, enjoy on Turn It Up Punk. But before I can let you go and listen to this amazing podcast, I got to tell you some other Amazing news. Turn out a punk is going on tour. Yes, that's right. In addition to Sound on Sound Fest, where I will be playing next Saturday, or playing, 
speaking next Saturday with a bunch of cool guests. It's going to be a fun time, Sound on Sound Festival. If you haven't checked out that lineup, it is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. What a cool festival. Um, so I will be performing the first ever live Trinidad Punk there in, in, in amazing Austin, Texas, just outside Austin, Texas at Sound on Sound Festival. But then, come December, Turned Out of Punk hits the road, and we come to a city near you. We will be playing uh, Boston. We will be playing. I will be coming to Boston. I will be coming to New York. I'll be coming to Philadelphia. I'm going to be coming to um, Washington, D.C. You can find out more about those dates. You can find out tickets if you go over to Damien Abraham.com. And you will see at the top of the page of this Abraham.com, there is a tour taupe live tab and you can click on that and you will see that yes, uh, December 12th, it's going to be at the great Scott and Allison, um, Alston, Massachusetts. Allison, I've played that a bunch of times. How could I not know that? Uh, and then at the Black Cat on Tuesday, December 13th in Washington, D.C., Johnny Brenda's on Wednesday, and then Rough Trade on Saturday. So tickets are available. You can go on to DamienAbraham.com and you can buy those tickets. And I will see you. And we can all hang out together. And we, you can see what this is like in person. It's really awkward. It's, it's way more awkward than it is on this podcast. Just kidding. It's going to be a fun time. So anyway... Sit back and relax and enjoy, 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 Doyle and Elisa on Turned Out a Punk. All right. Well, thank you both for coming in and sitting down and talking to me in my small hotel room. But uh, <laughs> um, we've seen all, smaller, so well, that, yeah, I think we've yes. all seen smaller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing is we've all we've all uh, spent many times in hotel rooms, so I yeah. think it feels comfortable probably at this point yeah, for us. Yeah, actually, to, it does. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty relaxed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a well, that could also just be the ambient smells in the air too. <laughs> <laughs> but I uh, really appreciate both of you coming in because I think, well, I think both of you have very different stories, but obviously, you know, hearing you know Doyle, you talk about uh, Elisa like. The the uh, the love is just crazy. Like I like I've I listened to Jonah's podcast, um, going off track okay. that you were on, and uh, you were interviewed and you talked all about like the family and your mom. <laughs> yeah. I love her mom. Yeah, yeah. mom is the best. She's awesome. Well, I've heard about your mom from because like we're also connected through familial band connections because mm-hmm. your sister plays in a band with or played in a band with my cousin. Okay. Garland. Okay, wow. Yeah, yeah. so Garland is my uh, close family member and stuff, so we yeah. have like a, a band connection yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, It's funny, um, I just did the Misfits reunion, and I think we were in Chicago. We played it. You played it? Yeah, the I day came, before, though. I came out of the gym, and there was these two people moving equipment on carts, and they were like struggling, so I helped them get it in the... <laughs> in the fucking elevator and like I got it I know how to do this shit you know got it in and then they knew her sister yeah then then I got a text from my sister being like that's so funny my friend just told me that Doyle helped her load her gear and then I was like sounds like him yeah Yeah. sounds like he would do that yeah that's awesome No, and I, I think your sister's band is one of my favorite bands right now, too. No Joy. I think they're 
an incredible band. So yeah, it's that's like, cool. yeah, it's like, so your mom must be a pretty badass person to raise to so badass bad. music. She's so proud too. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And we have a brother that not, not many people know about, I guess, because he's not in music, but he's a university professor. So he's like, you know, got three pretty winning kids, wow. I think, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm raising three kids myself yeah. and to get three of them, <laughs> even careers they like yeah. is going to yeah. be, that's, yeah, it's going to make you. How many of there are you guys? In total, brothers? Yeah, three. There's three, right? Yeah. yeah. Wow, triumvirates. You know, it's like. What are they? Triumvirates. <laughs> like three musketeers. Yeah. You know, I've got like. Well, that's the thing. Is like I always, you know, my cousin is three. I always get along with people in three families. I think my family was meant to be three, but my parents didn't. Yeah. <laughs> not make it <laughs> to three kids marriage-wise. Yeah. Um, but I guess I want to start this off kind of the way I start all these podcasts off, which is. Uh, and we'll just go back and forth, which is, uh, how did you get into punk? Do you remember the first time you ever came across the genre? Um, for me, I started... It's funny because I remember a point in time where I only listened to classical music. Mm -hmm. I think I was probably like 12 at that point or something. And then I remember... Um, I remember with my sister, like we would, you know, we had like a little drum set and guitars and bass and all sorts of instruments around the house and we would like kind of play like whole covers and like, but like they weren't really covers because we didn't know how to play anything. Yeah. But you know, like I would, you know. Sounds like the covers I do. You know, like it would, it would be like we thought we were playing whole covers and uh, you know, we we're listening to like a lot of grunge and stuff like Pearl Jam, Nirvana, Soundgarden, that kind of stuff. And then um, when I got a little bit older, maybe around like 14 or 15, I mean, still like, you know, even at that point, well, I guess at that point you're not supposed to be a drinker anyways, but that's the, the age when kids start partying and doing drugs and whatever, and that didn't interest me at all. And like the dance club thing is not really something that ever interests me either. So I was like, well, what can I do, you know? And so then I started just going to a lot of like local shows. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the local shows, there was this, there was this club in Montreal called Lex. Yeah. And uh, it was like a really cool kind of punk, like squatter's den, almost like a really like run down little like basement club. But I would just like go there, not even knowing what shows were happening. And it would often be punk shows, like the rip chords played there. And there was like a, a, a whole like little... I guess underground Montreal punk scene and I just started going there like mm -hmm. I would just go there like four times a week and just be like whatever show is happening now is cool with me and obviously there was metal shows there too and so I got into metal and um but I guess in, sorry not to cut you off yeah, I, yeah yeah but I guess in Montreal there's like there's a real natural synthesis between metal and punk yeah I remember like in the end of high school and beginning of uh, Sejep which I guess like grade to, to 12, explain, yeah, it's like grade yeah. 12 and 13, I guess, it's like before, college. yeah, it's like before university, yeah. but after high school, um, you know, there was like a radio station in my Sejep and, and, uh, I would hang out there and it was like full of metal heads and the, you know, we would sometimes put on these like punk versus metal shows and it was all <laughs> like, you know, six local punk bands and then six local metal bands in a battle of the bands and like all of this on a stage, the size of a car, you know, like, <laughs> so just really really small shows but they were cool shows and I and uh, I remember just you know for a long time for years I had never seen like a national act like I only saw local bands well, it was such a vibrant scene like you brought yeah. up the rip chords um, yeah. who pre-tribe called red 
Yeah. You know, Ian yeah. from A Tribe Called Red played drums in that band for a while, too. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's amazing how important that band's kind of been. And they're like an institution. They've been around for like, what, 30 plus years at this point or something? Yeah. 89, I think, the first. Well, that's not 30 years. I'm not terrible with math. But anyway. Almost. Damn you, math. Yeah, damn <laughs> you, math. Damn. Yeah. And also, but where were you hearing, like, even younger, where were you hearing Hole and stuff? Was that Music Plus or? Um... I think it was Music Plus and like much music and yep. just also my mom and my sister, you know, we kind of like listened to that stuff. Like my, you know, there was just always music on and it wasn't like top 40 stuff, mm. you know? So, um, yeah, I remember my sister having like Red Hot Chili Peppers albums and then, and, and Bowie stuff and like, I mean, a, a wide variety of things, but it was always like, Band music. Did your mom go to concerts and shows? Like, was she into music? She's seen Led Zepp. Whoa! She, she for for sure, show. she's she's. I mean, I. I see. The only show that I you went saw to. Her, well, we'll get to that in a second. The sure. only show that I went to with my mom actually was the Misfits reunion show in Denver a couple of weeks ago. Really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, my mom and my sister came to it, but. Oh, I knew that. Yeah. Definitely. But that was the yeah. only one your mom that uh, went to. You never dragged her to any shows prior. Well, to that? I mean, she's come to my shows. Yeah. Um, she had, I, I might have, I mean, I know she saw Nine Inch Nails with my brother, and I think she might have seen No Doubt with me also. Okay. Um, and I know she saw Bowie with my brother and sister also. So, I mean, she'll totally go to shows. She's, you know, totally into music. Was that No Doubt with Vandals and, the, and Civ? No, it was like, um, it was, it was later. It was when, it was at the point where I was like, shit, I missed it. I'm never going to see No Doubt because Gwen went crazy. And then, but like, then they came back for a oh, little yeah, period yeah, of time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember what year that was, but they came back. Like, she had pink hair at that point, right? It was like that. Was that right? It was even later than that. Okay. It was, it was, so it was, I don't even think they had an album, actually. I think it was just like they came back. Okay. I just remember the stage set was all white. Everything was white. And it was like a very clean looking stage. Who the fuck's cleaning that shit after a show? Not me. <sighs> Not me. Not the band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that was cool because no doubt, like Tragic Kingdom mm -hmm. is still, for me, is just like a, one of the best albums ever. I don't think they'll ever duplicate that. And I don't think they ever have duplicated that. But, um, but that album still just stands alone as enough for me to want to go see them. Mm -hmm. So. I think for like, I don't know, as a dude trying to speak for women, but like. I would imagine that for like seeing Gwen Stefani fronting like a like a kick-ass kind of band would have been an awesome representation, kind of like empowering thing to kind of yeah. see. Yeah, actually, you know, it's funny. People ask me all the time like who my inspirations are, and I can't say that I've actually necessarily been inspired by anyone. But I do remember when I when I joined my first band when when I was like seventeen. Um, at that point, like I said, I've been going to a lot of local shows, and so I knew a lot of local musicians, and uh, and I didn't have any interest in actually joining a band. I was like, oh, maybe I can like be a manager or a lighting director, like maybe I can work behind the scenes somehow. But I didn't think about like being a singer or being in a band. I didn't play any instruments at that point either. My sister had already been like touring at this point, but I I wasn't like doing that yet. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what was her first band with Laura? Called? Was that the band with Laura? Were they both on vocals? Um, I well, she had she had she has no joy. She had Bad Flirt before Bad that. Bad Flirt. That was the band. She we also had, had like, shit. What was it called? She had one before that though. That was touring. Her band before that. Bad Flirt. Oh, no, yeah. no, Bad Flirt. We definitely. That oh, was the band um, we first played. Okay, with. yeah, no, she had one before that. I think it was maybe not touring. Okay. But it was something in high school. I can't remember. Like. 
because they were young and bad for I remember meeting yeah. them. We played the first time with them and thinking Calgary at like at like the Calgary Legion. Calgary yeah. Flames. Okay, absolutely. Brett the Man Hart. There's a, <laughs> you know Brett the Hitman. Oh yeah, yeah actually do know Calgary. <laughs> yeah, that's Calgary as well. He's scared, man. <laughs> well, the family that's is scared me actually. An intimidating family. Ooh. Um, but I guess like we, before we get into your first band, I kind of now want to go to yourself, which is Doyle. How did you get into punk? Do you remember the first? I walked time? out in my yard and Glenn Danzig and my brother were rehearsing Misfit stuff. That's how I got into it. And what was that? Was that like Cough Cool or is all that? Cough Cool, She, yeah. Static Age album. Yeah. Which came out later. Yeah. Um, which to me is the best fucking record Misfits have. I like that the best. That's a, a very interesting opinion. I think I could go. What's your, where'd you go? Which hates favorite? all of them. You don't like the Misfits? She hates us. <laughs> I like that misfit. <laughs> but you don't like the misfit. Honestly, you know, I, I think probably the reason that my relationship with Doyle, like our, our yeah. personal relationship works out so well is that I'm not like a Misfits fan. Like I like them, but I wasn't like, oh my god, yeah, that's yeah, Doyle yeah. from the Misfits. I was just like, this is a cool dude. Oh, he's that guy. Okay, well, that's cool. But like I, I was never, like I didn't grow up listening to the Misfits. You know, I like them. And when I saw them in Denver... Somehow I knew every fucking song that <laughs> yeah. they played, yeah. Yeah. but um, but the, I don't I didn't have their albums I didn't grow up listening to them so it was just I mean I like whatever he does yeah yeah I'm, I'm t it's totally biased but, but as like so from a music standpoint because I gotta say Doyle's an awesome band mm. like, I I, honestly I like Doyle better than any yeah like album me too it reminds me <laughs> really like uh, musically because yeah. I guess like also with Christ the Conqueror. Like, uh, the vocals, like, I'm not as much a fan of, but the music, you can definitely see that that's kind of like the sludge, kind of doomier, kind of like Sabbath, mm. like, uh... She just wrote a riff, like, Black Sabbath yesterday, I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? I was in the shower, shaving, and I heard it, I'm like, that's fucking great! He's like, that's good, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna keep practicing it, push record, <laughs> don't forget this idea. <laughs> she just started playing guitar, she's writing these great riffs, I'm like, the fuck are you doing that? You know, you never played guitar till recently. Yeah, I just picked it up like this year yeah, or something. Yeah, okay. Ago. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's why I, I love that. Like, I don't know. That's what I think about guitar. Like for me, it's like some of the best riffs are when people are learning to play because I love those like primitive kind of like, you know, those are the kind of riffs I go for. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for for me with guitar, like I haven't played it, but I've. I've been in like a very guitar oriented band for a while, yeah. you know, and like I've been around like guitarists a lot. So like yeah. as, even though I can't like coordinate my hands to play certain things, having like Doyle around or something, I can just be like, do this. And then I'll just like sing it to him yeah. and kind of like almost play it. And then he'll be able to like just pick it up and play what I mean. Yeah. So that's cool because even though my hand are not coordinated enough to like produce the riffs that I want sometimes I have them in my head I just have to like get them out through somebody Plus you got the ear so you can find all the notes I don't have the ear so I'm looking all day I'm like I don't know what fucking note it is <laughs> yeah yeah for me that, no. that is easy the yeah. ear the ear training thing is well easy. I'm worse off than both of you because I've been playing in a band now for 15 years touring for 10 of those and I can't play shit <laughs> I only know my stuff like, That's it. I don't know anything else. Yeah. Anything. Scales, nothing. So, well, you, had you kind of like, you were 13 when, I guess, the Misfit, when they started playing guitar. They started playing at 13, and, and when I was 15, I was recording yeah. with them. Yeah, they kicked out Bobby Steele, right? Well, he never showed up to the recording. <laughs> and I had brought my amp and my guitar because it sounded better than his, and yeah. he was going to play it. He never came. 
So Glenn just looked at me and goes, you fucking play it. And I looked at him and went, I will. <laughs> Did you feel they were grooming you by that point? I used to rehearse with them, you know, when the guitar player wouldn't come. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. You know? It's like, it's, uh, it's funny because like, you know, it's like you were meant to be in that band too. Like you yeah. make more sense to be in that band. And I guess that's when everything finally clicks, right? Yeah. And that's when it becomes like, even though you say Static Age is the best. Yeah, record. yeah. Well, when I joined, it became faster. Well, yeah, that's when it became the Misfits. Yeah. You know, like when people pitch, close their eyes and picture it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what they're picturing. It's funny that you say that because, like I said, I wasn't like a Misfits fan yeah. or whatever, but I had this like image in my... This is going to make me sound super fucking stupid, but I'm not like the kind of person that like Googles bands. Like, I, yeah. If I like music, I don't care really what they look like. I just like it. Yeah. The only band in the history of all the bands I listened to where I actually knew every member's name because I like went out of my way to like be like, I want to see what this person looks like and what their name is is Arch Enemy. That's the only <laughs> band that I was ever like, I really want to know who all these people are, and of course now I know who they are very well. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and so the, I met Doyle when we were we were touring, and it's funny because, you know, we got our like tour itinerary, and it was Danzig and Doyle, and yeah. then, you know, like Corrosion of Conformity, and my old band was opening, and I was like, so this is a four-band pack package, there's Danzig, Doyle, Corrosion and I was like, what is Doyle? I've never even heard of this band Doyle. Why do they have direct support? What the fuck? You know, and, and this so, of course is pre-Doyle the band. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Doyle the band existed at this point, but like okay, I didn't yeah, even know yeah. them. Okay, like I didn't know right. anything about them. And and uh, but in my head I had an image of like what Danzig was. Yeah. And I was like, there's like some association here, like Danzig is the Misfits, and so I had like and actually the only Misfits-related or Danzig-related album that I had purchased was Danzig's classical album Black Aria and so Whoa, you like don't even go like first like Danzig one to three I'm telling you I'm a fucking wow. weirdo when it comes to that and so that's what I had and so okay. I was like that's a great record it is cool yeah it, it's cool yeah no definitely but like Danzig one to three I think are some of the best electric blues records they ever totally made. are but but from my weird <laughs> vantage point I went for that one for I whatever, don't know, totally, yeah. yeah and and the whole time I was listening to that I had an image in my head of who the man was creating this music and then even when we were going on that tour I had an image of like who we were about to tour with and the whole time I was picturing Doyle, and I thought, like, I thought, he, you know, and, and it's funny because we played a few shows where I, like, you know, I did my set, and then I had to go sell the merch, so I couldn't actually watch the show. Yeah. And so I thought it was just going to be, like, a Doyle-looking guy singing. Like, I thought Danzig looked like Doyle. Like, I, I, I just didn't know what anyone else looked like. Yeah, and, yeah. And at that point, I had met Doyle, like, in the daytime, and I didn't connect that he was the guy on stage, like, it was just very confusing to me. Yeah, no. And then finally, after, like, two or three shows, I was like, that's the guy. Like, that's the guy that I met in the daytime who was eating a sandwich, and that... <laughs> and, and, you know, and, of course, Glenn introduced himself also, and then yeah. I was like, that's... You're smaller than I thought you were. And then, <laughs> then again, I'm, I'm monstrously tall, so... Uh, that, that, I gotta say, though... If I, that was my dream tour to be a Punisher on, because like COC, yeah. Doyle, and Danzig, I would be like every day like, okay, let's talk about all this stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, I only did that to him. So yeah. No, so like, <laughs> so that's the thing. Like, I guess like I was gonna ask you, like, you weren't even impressed to be on, uh, like necessarily like impressed because it's a big band, but yeah, like yeah. not impressed from like a fan point to be on a show with Danzig. You know, like, I I hate to say it, but. And to say this in the, in the most um, respectful way possible, mm -hmm. I'm like really 
a musician and not a fan, if you can, like, yeah. dissociate the two. Like, I don't idolize people, I don't, like, if someone makes great music, I'm super appreciative that they're making that music. They could, you know, change how they look, change who they are, even change the kind of music they make, and I'll either like it or I won't, but, like, I really don't, like, apply expectations to, to the people. I just really, for me, I just really focus on, like, what the music is, and if I like the music, that's fantastic. Um, and so it's, I mean, and, and I'm always thankful for whatever bands bring us on tour or whatever bands open for us on tour. Like anyone that's, you know, a part of our touring life, I really appreciate them. But I'm not, like, I, I, I don't think I've ever been on a tour where I was like, oh my God, I'm going to yeah. be on tour with this person. Like, you are so different than me. Yeah, I don't know. Everyone, everyone's just a person to me. You know, like, I don't, I just have a very... Like I don't, I don't want to say that I like fan out, but in the sense that I'm like, oh my god! But at the same that's time, that's cool though. I just know, I just, I love nerding out. I love the fact that like, but I can totally, I think because that's the thing is like, I always describe myself as a fan first and a musician second. That's like, it. I'm the other way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, which I can totally respect, yeah, and yeah. I can, I wish, maybe I focus more on the musician craft and less on the what cool record can I find on tour craft? Uh, which I like no, but that's cool. Though. That's really cool. That's, I, I wish I had more of that actually, but I just, I, I just don't actually. Yeah, yeah. It's just not in me to be like that. She's not even impressed with the guys in her band. I'm like, do you see what well, they're hey, doing? Hey, no, 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 that's not true. I am fucking but impressed. It doesn't yeah. blow your mind. It blows my mind every time I watch you guys do a song. I'm like, what the, f did that just happen? Well, because well, you're part, once you're part of the creation of it, it becomes something different. But the thing your is, art, right? you know, it, it always, like I said, Arch Enemy was the one exception, actually. Yeah. And, and even still, sometimes I will, you know, go on the drum riser to jump off, and then I'll be like, oh shit, that's Daniel Erlandson playing drums with me. Oh fuck. <laughs> and then I'll jump off, and then I'll be like, Jeff Lewis is next to me. You know, like, so, like, I, it does, I do, like, kind of get blown away by the dudes in my band, but it's really. It's it's more because I just love them as people and I love what we're creating together. It's not like I, I don't know. I'm not like uh, I, I'm not. I just They're don't so bow down good. to people. I stand there with her tour manager and we'll watch a song, and our Joseph will go like you know retarded and we'll look at you like. That just fucking happened. I know they're fucking good. So good, like that's, so that's what, just like what the fuck. Usually, the the fact that they're so freaking good just makes me driven the whole show sure. to be super good myself. You know, because I'm yeah. like, damn, there's a high standard here, so I better better keep up. Yeah, yeah. I I kind of think it, it's funny too, because like it, it it's. I, like once you become part of it like people will say like sometimes like oh like a, you know like don't you get taken aback when you're playing in these situations but it becomes part of the job and like I guess yeah. that's the that's the one drawback is that you you do sometimes forget how cool it is and then you get those moments yeah. where you do remember that's like uh, people asking me what did it feel like to play with those guys again I feel like I went to work it just felt like yeah. you go on the no. stage and do your yeah. thing but that must have felt a little bit different. It was funny because they're funny and they always try to break me, you know? <laughs> and they have been succeeding a lot. And yeah, it was really fun. I had a great time. But also that must have like, because that to me, you know, like, you know, because I, as a fan, and I'm like also, like, I'm a Misfits fan, but there are also Misfits fans that would look at me and be like, you are not a Misfits fan compared to me. You don't have this flyer tattooed like Fat Mike or something or, oh. you know, like those types of fans. But at the same time, like, that to me was special. Like that was something that was never going to happen. Did it feel like that being inside of it at all? Like that was like 
No, I always talked about it, right? A lot. <laughs> really? He, he's been trying to get this to happen for as long as I've known him, or I'm sure longer, you know? Yeah. So <clears throat> I was really happy just for him that it finally was starting to happen. You know? Yeah. It, well, I guess you're the one, you're the, the bridge. You're the, I'm the bridge. Yeah. yeah. I'm the buffer between the both of them. They yeah. both come up to me, brother's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and then he'll come and say something like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> like, but that's the thing. It's like you—you're you, the—that's what I was saying. Like before, it's like you're the one who was meant to be there. Like you know, like like you're saying, you're the one that she pictured. You're definitely yeah. probably like when I close my eyes and I picture the Misfits, it's you with the R band playing. You yeah. know, like that's that's yeah, the iconic exactly. shot. Exactly. And it's uh, it, it's funny. Like you're the one who was meant to be there, but like also interpersonally too. Like, here are these two guys that have already been working together for a yeah. few years and already done, you know, as you say, the best record, mm-hmm. you know, in your opinion. I kind of disagree a little Which bit. Which one do you like, Earth Day? No, I think Walk Among Us is is truly... Uh, it, those songs are really good. Every song's good. Well, it isn't a bad song. It's that, fucked up. Well, that's the thing when you say, like, you know, yeah. you know the songs right away. I even knew the lyrics. Yeah. Like, and I was just like, how do I know this? <laughs> well, that's like, that's I got the jam one with her live. That was fucking great. Yeah, we, we played We rehearsed it. And that was fun. I really Wow, that's great. Gave me goosebumps when she sang it. Yeah. Really <laughs> uh, and you're like, yeah, it's just another song. <laughs> well, that's, the thing is, I know that Misfits fans are so devoted that that's why I don't call myself a Misfits fan mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Because I, I know that there's... I, it probably pisses off a lot of people that I, that I got to sing... A misfit song with Doyle, you know, because there's people who are like so much more dedicated and know every little inch of the misfits history, and you know, and like I'm not that person. I totally respect those fans, and I'm gonna let them have that title of like the real fans, yeah. you know. I'm gonna just call myself like a friend of the band instead, you know. <laughs> I bet though, Doyle, you played better for her than with anyone else she <laughs> you know? yeah I played it right yeah. <laughs> I, think, I, think a, well, I think that's one of those things it's like you know that's like the you know like when people like are like truly in love with something or with each other you know like you, it plays differently you know and it's like a, you know a different level so you know yeah. fuck the super fans in that regard yeah. <laughs> but um, I guess like you know you, you formed this band what was your first band like musically um, the first band that I, that I was ever in actually was, was like a sort of like progressive dream theater kind of band, but okay. that was a band that already kind of existed and then I joined. Well, sort of. I mean, it was, it was a band basically that I, that I knew through having known so many musicians and going to so many local shows and, and they were like, hey, since you know so many people, we're looking for a singer. We have like two songs written, you want to hear them? And then they played the songs for me and I was like, okay, I, I get what kind of music this is. I'm going to ask around. And, uh, and so then I, you know, asked around to a bunch of people and like nobody was interested. So I, but you know, I have this like pride where I was like, no, 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 I'm going to find someone for them. And so I kept asking around and I told them like, I'm having a bit of a hard time, but like, I'll find someone, don't worry. And then they were like, even, even a girl is okay. It doesn't have to be a dude, you know, like anyone is fine. And so then I thought like, oh, well I have like a musician friend, Melina. And so I was like, oh, maybe I'll ask her if she'll, if she wants to sing in this band, you know? And so I asked her and, and told her about the style of music, and she was like, well, why don't you just do it? I was like, oh, uh, maybe, I don't know, do I sing? I don't even know if I sing, you know? So, <laughs> so then I, um, and then actually I thought of Gwen Stefani. That's, that, that was a thing. I thought about like, is it the Don't Speak music video where she's doing push-ups on stage, is just sweating? And yeah. She, yeah. Yeah, and so yeah. I was just like... The slow-mo shot. Yeah, I was like, 
she's pretty badass actually and she's kind of rocking maybe I could also do that you know and so then I went with that friend Melina who had a little boss like uh, four track four track recording thing and <laughs> yeah yeah changed many a person's life yeah. oh yeah and uh, I found like a karaoke version of Crazy Train and I just like sang that and recorded it and then I burnt it on a CD or I had it on like a disc you put in the computer I don't remember what the format was at that point and I was like I found someone I don't know if you're gonna like her just tell me your honest opinion and I and I showed it to the band and they were like she's fucking good this is really cool what does she look like is she, I mean is she, like who is it and I was like it's me <laughs> and they were like what Okay, you're in, and then and that's how I joined that band. So. Did you have a plan if they were like, "This is not good"? Or I, did you know, like, I can, I'm killed this. I, no, no, I was like, I really don't know if this is good or not. So just tell me if you like it, and that's and if they were like, "No, we don't like it," I would have been like, "Okay, that that's fine. I'll, I'll let her know." Uh, <laughs> you know? I'll let her down easy. Because you watch those kid like American Idol type shows or Canadian Idol shows, and you're like, when the person's really bad, you're like. Surely someone would have told them before this point. Yeah, well the thing is, I, I mean, I kind of knew that I sang a little bit because I had done some musical theater and stuff like that. And I'm also just not, I'm like pretty self-aware as a person. Like, I don't think I, um, you know, like I think, and, and you, know, you know, my sister too. Like, we, we yeah. grew up around music, yeah. so yeah. I, I, I was pretty sure I wasn't one of those, like, insanely delusional people yeah yeah no that's well i think you know if you can sing or not i know i can't there's sing. some people that really think they can sing yeah and you they, watch that show there's people you. they like put them through and it's like yeah, oh it's wow really i think it's for comedy when they let them through oh no it's definitely for comedy when they yeah. let them through but like that's the thing is like you know it's like am i one of those people yeah you always I'm... have to like question yourself like is this real life yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 The uh, I actually know I would be one of those people. One of those shows, but actually, I heard that you used to do Rocky Horror Picture Show, right? Yeah. Yeah. I met someone in your troupe last night. Really? Who? Yeah. Kevin, I think his name. He does comic books. He does like uh, a zombie comic book. Oh, yeah, Latif, maybe. Yeah, Latif. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's pretty close to Kevin. <laughs> I was, I was, yeah. I was just finished the show and pretty high, and then my ears yeah. were ringing, and so Sounds yeah. Great. Latif became Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> well, his last, I mean, he, his last name is Martin, so I guess that kind of... Yeah, maybe that was Kevin. it. I don't know. I met, like, three or four people at the same right, time, right. and so... But uh, he yeah. was super cool. Yeah, yeah, he, he played Eddie slash Dr. Scott, and I played Magenta, and... Yeah, that's, that, I'm still friends with him. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, he says yeah. you're in his comic book. Yeah, I'm one of the characters in his comic book. His comic book is really cool, actually, because he based it... On, on Montreal, but also did, I think, like, a sort of crowdfunding thing where, like, yeah. one of the prizes of the crowdfunding is you would be a character in the book, and he would draw you. And the thing is, I didn't, like, totally realize this when I saw the book, and I was looking at, you know, I was reading the first issue or whatever, and I was like, that that drawing really looks like my friend Hattie. What is that? <laughs> you know, and then I looked at the little, like, speech bubble, and it was like, Hattie, get out of here now, or whatever, and I was like... Wait, it is Hattie. What is what is going on here? <laughs> and then I realized that these people were actually like Montrealers drawn into the book. It's so. a good thing you don't smoke weed because you're high. That was there orange cones in the fucking. <laughs> there has there. I'm gonna tell him that it he wants be it to be realistic. Cone, like, mountain or something. Yeah, yeah it's like, not a zombie apocalypse. It's apocalypse of construction cones. That's the thing. Is like yeah. that's the thing. No one can get away because all the parking spaces are taken. Yeah, up. there's too much traffic. <laughs> people can't escape the zombie. Um, well, it's, I guess it's like, you know, not only is it a two-musician couple, it's a two-comic-book character couple, because you're in a comic book, too, right? What's it called? <laughs> I don't know what it's called. I don't know. But it's done by someone Alan like Roberts. Yeah. yeah, Alan Roberts. Just, what the fuck's it called? 
Oh yeah, I don't know. Uh, I met fuck. him at one of the he's festivals last me. year. I'll put it in the intro. Don't worry, I'll figure yeah, it out. I don't know what it intro. is. I'll, I'll make sure that's in Should the intro. Should I Google it? No, I'll, I'll have it in the okay. intro. I do, a, I do a bumper at the beginning. Okay, okay. Right. Trilogy or I correct all the... Kilogy. Uh, Kilogy. Kilogy, right? See, now I have some of it. Okay. There we go. But like, like, were you a Life of Agony fan at all? I love Life of Agony. They're so sick. Yeah. That band is awesome. So I guess like what was that was the period before the Misfits got back together. Were you still going to shows? No, it was um, we actually toured with them. That's how I know. About oh, Life of Agony toured with the. It was Misfits, Anthrax, Life of Agony, Cannibal Corpse. That was our tour. Whoa, <laughs> that's a cool for, for like two months. You guys must have sounded like the Beatles compared to those other <laughs> bands. It was insane. <laughs> it was so fun. Everybody was so cool. Uh, yeah, when I go out to eat with Michael, I'm like, call me now. Let's take me. And he's like, fuck that. Fuck that bitch. Fuck that cunt. She can't come. <laughs> I want you all to myself. I'm like, Jesus Christ. He's so possessive. <laughs> uh, he's queen. That's what he goes. Fuck that queen. <laughs> <laughs> I love Michael so much. <laughs> then I always tell me, I asked. He said you could come. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you also you guys went out with Sheer Terror on that run right for a couple shows or you can I don't know okay <laughs> <laughs> you can't ask me that that's what I was going to well, say because I think they didn't show up for the Toronto show but you played the Toronto show and someone jumped on stage and beat grabbed us. we beat him up right yeah grabbed tried to grab your guitar right um, or did he grab Doyle's he started fighting with Michael he tried to grab some gear I, I don't know what he was doing. He was out of his fucking mind. We beat that guy so hard, I couldn't believe he was still going. Well, I remember he jumped off the stage and he had a, like a, like something, like a piece of gear. And the crowd just, you're like, hey, get that fucking guy. The crowd just parts. And he's just standing there. Like, no, he didn't steal no gear. He had a fight with Michael. They went out into the crowd, crowd and fought. And he fought him like twice. And then I reached into the crowd and he had a dog choker on, you know, with the loop. And I grabbed it. Put my foot like on the edge of the stage, and I, everything I had I tried to pull his head off. Oh. You know, I really tried to pull his head off, and the chain broke. And when I was stretched him out, everybody was just punching him and kicking him. And then we threw him off, and then we we're like, What the fuck? And then we're playing again, motherfucker comes up again. <laughs> he, I'm standing here, my brother's singing on this side of the stage, this is my side, he's singing over here, and I'm over here. And I watch this dude, and I pretend I don't see him. And he comes up, he starts pretending he's humping my brother. So I punch him in his face and his teeth go flying. We have it on film. <laughs> his teeth go flying out and then we all start beating him up again. Then the bouncers finally got him. After this kid's been on stage like three what times. I mean, that's when I get torn on the ground the first time God. to pull his head off. Yeah. You know, and then they dragged him out and beat him and everybody in the crowd hit him on the way out. They yeah. took him outside to the cop car, threw his head into the cop car. The cops beat him up and he was still going. Man, Superman. He was a zombie, maybe. PCP's a hell of a drug. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that is uh, gnarly. That was one of my first punk shows. <laughs> you, you were there? Was it really? <laughs> that was average. That was an average night for us. This makes me so happy nice. not to be male. Oh. I just feel like this happens to men. It, I don't know. Uh, I imagine women have to do their fair share of bullshit. But like, like concerts. fist fight. I, I've never had a fist fight at a show. You know, I've never I've had, had one at all. Actually. I've had him while I'm playing. Yeah, I got no. beat up I mean, this year, people, but that was but... my first time really having a fistfight at a show. I got beat up on stage at a festival in Liverpool. Oh. Well, I went to the crowd, and that's when I got jumped, but it was yeah. fucking insane. You know, when we play, it's always a sense of danger. So, yeah. You know, yeah. And you come up there, why? What the fuck would you come up there? 
Yeah. yeah. Why would you come up there and fuck with me? I wouldn't come up there and fuck with me. No. No. You know? And they do it. And then it's just like my mind goes like, are you out of your fucking mind? But I think maybe that becomes part of it. Like it almost becomes like, why would you run? Why would you tease the bull? Yeah. And then run away from it. Like yeah. it's like, that's part of the thrill, right? Like, you know, people wanted Gigi Allen to throw his poop at them. No, I wouldn't want that. Nobody wants that. <laughs> but people <laughs> did. People went there. No, wants that. That's true. Did you ever see Gigi? I would never go see that. <laughs> Do you go to shows in the 90s and stuff? Or like before um, the Mrs. You know what? Together? Once you start playing a lot, it's like going to work and you're like, why am I here? Yeah, but like you had that moment between Christ the Conqueror and the Misfits getting back together. Were you like just working in the shop? Yeah, we just worked. That's awesome. So no, it ain't. It sucked. <laughs> no, no, I, don't, I don't mean like that. It worked so much. Oh. No, I mean like, but I mean like the fact that like it's so singular, you know? Like it's just like... It's like you, you're Doyle on stage, right? Or you're you're not, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's like very few people can carpen car, carpentalize their lives like that. Compartmentalize. 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 Thank you. Compartmentalize their lives like that. You know, like well, you you and I both know how many people in this industry can't. You know, it's hard to. Turn off like you and I probably. I don't know. For me, it's oh, I turn them off. right off. So right I'm off. often take yeah. that first step on there. It's on. Yeah, I take yeah. It off, I'm done. I, I've I've been I've just toured so much over the past like three years that it's drilled into me literally that you know the second I'm on stage it's on and the second I'm off stage it's off, like totally off. Oh wow, I find yeah. it. I find like the energy hard to come down from. It is hard to come down Oh yeah, the energy is there for sure, but I mean, it's, it, you know, I'll, I'll go to shows if it's like people I know playing in the band, or if it happens to be like the rare occasion where I don't know anyone in the band, but I really love the band and I yeah. just want to see them, I'll, I'll go to shows, but for the most part I, I don't because I'm not around or I'm like playing the show anyways and I have to like play my set you know and yeah like nothing ruins yeah. music for you more than playing it like as far as like an enter finding enjoyment out I'll of tell it. you what I go to a show you know and I always only want to go in the back door and I want to stay backstage and I want to go in the fucking crowd <laughs> yeah. unless it's like kiss or something that I don't know anybody and yeah I could go to the show and sneak in there and not deal with no bullshit but I analyze everything yeah. I look at the yeah. text. I want to see if they're doing anything that I could use that's really a great idea. You know, I look at the lights. I look at. I fucking analyze the whole thing, and then I don't. Yeah. Even, I don't even listen. Yeah, it's work. I mean, I like to learn from every show I see, and that's I enjoy I do. doing it. But I, it's you know, it's it's also. I have to be mentally prepared that if I'm if I'm not going to go in the back door, like I have to realize I'll probably end up doing like a little meet and greet or something, you know. And like that's that's cool. I'm happy to do that. But like I just have to make sure I have the energy to actually do that. Like, if I wanted to just, like, roll into a show and watch it, like, I, I can't really do that. I have yeah. to, like, kind of, like, mentally prepare myself for... This is a huge show, like, in an arena. Yeah, unless it's, we, like, an arena We thing. went to see Black Sabbath at the Hollywood Bowl, me and her, and I, I just... We just did something, and I was fully dressed. She was all dressed. We just walked in like that, man. Only, like, two or three people bothered us. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it was just such a big thing. Well, yeah, there's, like, you know, you go to those shows, there's, like... 
you look around, there'll be like, you know, that, that famous Hollywood celebrity. Yeah, see, you're in Hollywood too, too, so nobody yeah. really gives a fuck. Yeah. Yeah, like, well, that, and that's like, I guess, but you're right, because it does change the way you experience music from like analyzing yeah. it to the way people interact with you. Same thing with movies. I watch a movie, if it's like a horror movie, I'm listening to the music. I gotta watch it again. <laughs> yeah. And I'll be listening to it like. Yeah. Well, that's like for me, if it's uh, anything with the goblins involved with it and Derek Argento. <laughs> I love I love all that Suspiria and all that kind of uh, kind of sounding you know mm. giallo spooky horror movie music. Yeah, that's kind of my my vibe. So, but like, had you by the time you were in the Misfits, had you been aware of any other? Because you got that's the thing we're talking about. Punk rock. Well, punk rock, yeah. But I but I, I hate I, punk rock. Really? I'm a metal. Punk. You're a metal dude. I like metal. No, I like punk. I like like the Ramones and the Sex Pistols and the Misfits. I think that's about it. Really? Did you ever like Antidote, who was like Anthony's no. band? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Drew's friends with Michael. Drew's doing them documentary. Drew's my friend. Yeah. You're not, a, you're, you're not a High and Mighty or Antidote fan. No. I don't like, I don't, I'm not like a hardcore fan either. Yeah, I guess that was kind of the dominant music around where you guys were, right? At that point, like some of it, yeah, I don't know. Did you like genocide, Brian uh, Damage's band? That was Brian Damage's band before. No, I wound up choking him and throwing him off the stage while we were playing. Whoa, one song, half a song. <laughs> so not a genocide fan, I guess. <laughs> well, I never, never heard of him. Okay. <laughs> were there any local bands that you arranged at that time? No. Really? I guess that's the thing. Is like you started. So I guess the Ramones. Your <laughs> that was local. The True. choices, that was the choices. <laughs> but you were also like, like we were talking about, music for you changed at the age of like, what, 16? You're already playing and arguably, you know, and this is like, you know, from a lot of objective opinions, the best punk band ever. The greatest punk band ever. I, I'll say yes to that. So it's like kind of hard, like where would you go? You know, taste-wise, like, like, where'd you go? Like, what would you, what would you listen to? Whatever's good. I like anything that's good. I, I really don't care what genre it is, as long as it's a good song. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. So, what did you listen to at that time? Were you listening to Pantera, metal stuff? Or? Pantera wasn't born yet, I think. Yeah, yeah. Plus Sabbath, I guess. No, I just recently started listening to Sabbath, maybe ten years ago. Whoa. Yeah, it's weird. Right? Kiss. Kiss alive. That's that's that's. I got that album. When I got that album, I won it down the shore, you know? Yeah. One of them fucking games. I used to look at the cover and be like, I want to be this. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But that's what you kind of are. You know, like, you're, like, like the closest... You're the punk Kiss. Like, you, but, I mean, yeah. specifically you. Well, like, Kiss if they were really scary. Yeah, well, that's yeah, the thing. Yeah, kiss, they could, kiss if they backed it up. This is real. This <laughs> yeah. is real. Yeah. yeah. Come on up and see if it's real. We'll kiss if the fire was... Uh, that's cool. Fists instead of yeah. <laughs> being blown out of a mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I want some bombs and shit. Glad I don't want no bombs. There's no fire. You need fire. Uh, it felt explosive, though. Like, I had to I leave was before Denver, but I watched it. You're farting? I was farting. That's what that was. <laughs> <laughs> so she, she could tell you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I guess like uh, that's the one potential drawback sometimes from a plant-based diet. Yeah, oh, for me, yeah, yeah, gas. I just think you're adjusting. Well, that's the thing. Is you're probably yeah. Still, how long have you been three years? Adjusting? No, you're not that bad anymore. 
You're probably Let's getting... not talk about this. Why was it... This is a little personal, no? <laughs> he brought it up. He's is... always talking about farting. <laughs> but that's the thing I was getting back to the kiss thing. You're like the you're like the closest thing because you're like the you're like the one who can take it off. You know, like you're not Gene Simmons. That's the great thing about Kiss is that you don't have to associate Gene, Gene Simmons with the demon right. when you're watching yeah. this band, you yeah. know? And you're like you I know, remember when they took that shit off on TV. And I was like as soon as no. I see Jim Simmons, I was like, what are they doing? <laughs> Put it back on. Paul Stanley looked the same, of course. Yeah. You know, you know what he looked like. But everybody else was, you were like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Put it back on. Uh, I actually seen them once without the makeup, and me and my brother went. And we just got out of work. We went to the fucking Brendan Byrne Arena, whatever the fuck it's called. We fell asleep watching it on the chairs in the fucking arena. With all wow. that fucking noise, we were sleeping. Yeah. Wow. That's how fucking shitty it was. Put that shit back on. <laughs> Why <laughs> did you ever take that? I would never took it off. Well, that's the thing. Is that then, they, then it gets like it's like Coke too. You know, they just kept it off for too long. They but did. like you just bring out Coke, new Coke, so you can bring back Coke Classic and make But it they took it off and changed their whole image. Their yeah. clothes, the, the way they just moved. got lazy about exactly. Doing they got it. sick of it, and well, they felt threatened. Like, they probably felt threatened. Like, they were, like, old-er, and they are looking at younger bands around them. Like, you know what's funny? I had someone on my podcast recently, John Worcester, who plays drums in this band, Super Chunk. He's one of the funniest people in the world. But he, um, well, on the podcast, we're talking about the Ramones. And he's talking about the Ramones in the late 80s. He's like, you know, their records sped up. They got really fast. He's like, because they were reacting to hardcore. He's like, you know, they were feeling, they were older. They're looking at the bands around them in New York. They're like everyone's playing faster we got to keep mm. up and I imagine with Kiss they're looking at the glam bands they're like well they're not wearing makeup we got to keep up right like, it's impossible that's the thing about the Misfits it's perfect encapsulation because these it, words <laughs> encapsulation what is that but I don't know the way I talk I'm sorry when does our parking run out three, you, three something okay okay you guys got it no no, no no it's fine I just I can pay it from my phone I just want to make sure that I pay it no 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 whatever you guys need to wrap up yeah, believe yeah. me no, no it doesn't matter no because um, but I guess like getting back to when when did you start touring like um, I started touring I started playing shows in 2003 mm-hmm. and I started touring you know like in Ontario or in like upstate New York or whatever, probably in 2004. And I started like doing actual like weeks and weeks of touring in I guess 2005 or six maybe. You guys had a self-release record? Actually no, everything I've ever released was on a record label. Really? And everything I've ever written has been released. So there's wow. no, yeah, so there's no, like... Um, Even in that first band? That very first band? Uh, no, no, actually, that's that's not true. That In my very, very first band, I had, I had like, two or three, I think it was two bands where we wrote stuff, and then it, it wasn't released, but um, I actually don't have it anywhere. Like, I don't have any... I think I have like VHS recordings oh, of some wow. shows, yeah. but like I don't have like we didn't record it, you know, so I don't have those songs anywhere. But I still remember them actually. I could probably sing them right now. <laughs> but um, get the band back together <laughs> in tour. Yeah, in the first band we had five songs I remember, and then the next band we had two songs. So there there are seven songs that seven. I've written that that have gone 
had have disappeared from reality. But other than that, everything has been released. So, yeah. so, so when you started touring, um, and you're, I guess you're on a label, was it like you guys do? Because I guess being part of a scene, a metal scene, you don't have to do that Canadian band thing where you just tour Canada endlessly. Did you guys start doing international? Or you yeah. As soon as I, pretty much as soon as we got signed to Century Media, we started doing tours with like American bands. Yeah. Uh, or or tours around the U.S. at least. Um, we honestly, I've still only played, other than like you know, say Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa, Quebec City. You know, call those the the four closest cities yeah. to where we are right yeah. now. Other than those four cities in Canada, I've probably only played the other cities like still like maybe three times. Yeah. Like Calgary, I think I played maybe three times in total. Yeah. Um, you know, New York City, LA, other you know the big cities in the states, dozens of times. Yeah. But like the Canadian cities, not that much actually. It's funny because like as a, like a, a, a Canadian band in a genre, mm -hmm. you don't tour Canada as much as like Canadian bands but I guess the industry yeah. is so tailored to that but I, I know I know why though and honestly it's just logistics because mm -hmm. it's Canada is so big and the cities are so far apart that you have no choice but like in the states you can drive eight hours and hit a big city pretty much across the country like mm -hmm. the Midwest is a bit tricky but like the coasts you're pretty much fine mm -hmm. and even across the south you're you're fine but Canada, it's like you have to drive for hours and hours and hours and hours just to get to any city. Mm -hmm. And then the city you get to maybe doesn't have a huge metal scene. So um, it's really the only way that we've been able to, in metal, that, that we're able to kind of get to the, the Canadian cities out west is like by zigzagging across the Canada-US border, you know? So we'll go down and, and hit Detroit and maybe, you know, Minnesota, come back up and, you know, and, and that is really, really stressful on tour and tricky because you never know when that border is just going to deny you access, mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know, and you don't want to be missing out on 20 USA dates because you tried to do one Canadian date. Mm -hmm. um, and so that being said, also tour packages, uh, you know, off, I don't know if I've ever toured with like Canadian bands really. So it's usually with European bands or American bands, and so for them to come into Canada, that also makes it tricky. So, um, so unfortunately, Canada has not been a huge market in my career, but I will say that Quebec shows are usually among the, the best shows of any North American tour we do. Mm -hmm. So Quebec is its own scene, and it's a great metal scene. But yeah. for the rest of Canada, I've still never gone to the Atlantic provinces. Yeah. Ever in my life. I've never been there. <laughs> I guess historically Quebec has always had like a really strong aggressive music metal scene. Yeah. yeah. Punk scene, right? Like Voivod, yeah. you know, and, and uh, I'm sure there's stuff that I'm 222s and stuff way before that even. Yeah. Did you guys tour Canada? What was it like back then? It must have been like the whole way across or did you guys just pop up and up? Yeah, we did everything. Um, sometimes we couldn't get our crew in. Yeah. Which really sucked because then we had to do everything. Yeah. This sucks. <laughs> yeah. You know, because we had a lot of shit. Um, yeah, Canada shows are great. You know, I want to get Doyle up in here. Just got to clear a few people in the organization <laughs> to get up here. Yeah. But uh, the shows are, are great. When I did the Danzig Doyle stuff here, the shows were great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing about uh, this town especially is it's like people really love and are very... Uh, 
visibly appreciative of music. Yes, yeah. a lot of places, you know, like the United States now, you know, if it's not Los Angeles, pretty much, you know, they don't give a fuck. There's a lot of laziness, laziness, I think. They yeah. want to watch it on their phone. They yeah. don't even yeah. want to leave their house. Yeah. Why would they buy a ticket when they could just wait for some douche to fucking film it? Yeah. And there's so much music out there now. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. just like every night there's like your favorite bands playing or yeah. your next favorite bands playing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's a, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a hard, it's a hard slog. It's like an oversaturated market in the States. It used to be great. Yeah. You know, it was great. It was the best place to play. You know, I like Japan. Yeah. That's the best. When did you go to Japan for the first time? I don't know, the 90s. Okay. When did you, you been, you played there probably? Yeah, 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 I've played there a lot actually. Um, Japan has been a good market for me in like every band that I've been in actually, so that's great. Um, and I've, honestly, I feel like I've gone there once or twice a year for the past like seven or eight years. Like, I, like I, yeah. I go there kind of a lot. Yeah. Did you ever go? We've, we played there three times, uh, like Fuji Rock and then um, uh, like some other big festival thing and then one show on our own. But I like Japanese punk music is like my favorite. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, so weird, right? Oh, yeah. like I like it's like Motorhead meets Discharge. Yeah, it's like it's such a great culture too. It's just mm -hmm. so interesting. Really cool. Everywhere you go is so interesting. Mm -hmm. Every restaurant or store, or yeah. whatever the fuck it is, you do. It's just like wow, this yeah. is so crazy. Yeah, yeah, and it feels like because everything like is in apartment buildings. You're like, I wonder what's on that floor of that yeah. building that I'm missing out on right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's true. they're so fucking respectful. We played these uh, places called Club Quattro. It's like a yeah. house of blues kind of chain. Yeah. And we played the show, we walked, our, our hotel was on the same block, so we just walked to the hotel. Well, we walked out through the crowd, down the street, with the crowd around us, to our hotel. Nobody touched us or said a fucking word to us. Yeah. Yeah, but I think after this episode, that's going to happen a lot more. <laughs> 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 Everywhere in the Japan world. Japan is great. They're, you know, because they, they really, they appreciate the music, but they don't feel like they're entitled to a piece of you as a yeah. person. Yeah. Which is... <laughs> Unfortunately, something that's I can't say about everywhere. There are other places in the world where they really love the music and they're passionate and it's great to perform. But then when you get off stage, it's like you're required to like be the person's. Everyone in the crowd thinks that you have to be their best friend and go hang out with them and go have a beer with them and go. Or eat they're with ripping them. your hair out and pulling your shoes off. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, and so that that I don't like as much because it's like, <laughs> dude, like, yeah. just treat me like a human being and I'm gonna treat you like a human being and like let's just be cool and you know. It's funny because like I think it's just people feel ownership. Yeah. Over your. I guess what your art because they love it but then yeah. they also then feel ownership over the person that makes it well that's like yeah. being in high school and then some douchebag likes the band you like now I'm like fuck I don't know if I like that band anymore <laughs> <laughs> you ruined it for me <laughs> and then that douchebag's tearing the clothes off of your favorite band and right. trying to rip their hair out yeah. Yeah. and stuff like that well I think it's like also you know like both of you are in bands that have fanatical fan bases. Oh yeah, you know, and like, and that's the thing. It's like, it's a, it's a great thing. It's and great. You thrive on that, but at the same time, there is a level of fanaticism that can be frightening. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're pretty lucky with with our enemy. Like, you know, we'll we'll play shows and we'll do our best to go and like meet fans or like set up meet and greets if we can, so that everything is organized and. You know, we really, really put a lot of effort into, like, you know, I'll tell my tour manager every day, like, after the show, can you go check if there's people, like, waiting for stuff to be signed? And if there is, let me know. I'm going to go down and sign that stuff and take pictures with them. And, 
you know, but like even still sometimes the venue is just organized in a way that like we don't see these people like or, or we can't get to them like it's you know sometimes it just doesn't work out and you know I've had situations where fans even though I'm just one person in this band they'll directly be like oh Alisa you're running away from your fans that's so pathetic and it's, and I'm literally just like, what? I thought I just played a show and I just took a shower and I was going to have some tea now and then go to bed. What? <laughs> like, what? What are you talking about? You know, it's like, we waited for you and you never came to see us. And it's like, first of all, who is we? Second of all, where did you wait? Third of all, who gave you the impression that I knew that you were there? Like, yeah. you know, like, and like literally to the point, like some, some fans think that I, I should before and after the show, go wander the streets of every city that I played, just in case there happened to be somebody around that wanted to meet me, you know? <laughs> Hello, sir, do you know who I am? Would you like a picture with me? No? All right. You know, like, so, like, and it's, <laughs> you know, and, like, obviously, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but That's it, me looking for weed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but that being said, when people do come up to me and they're super cool and respectful, it makes me super happy to meet them, you know? Yeah. They just have to be, like... Just be cool about it, you know. Like, yeah. and uh, and more often than not, they are, you know. Yeah. So that's great. And and I, you know, I tell my my tour manager or whoever I'm with, you know, like if there's people there, I want to go meet them and talk to them. It's gonna be fun. It'll be cool. If they want pictures, we can do it, or we can sign stuff or whatever. But you know, it just sometimes it doesn't work out. But like <laughs> we try to make it work out as much as possible. And I think that when fans appreciate that rather than feeling like they automatically deserve that, that's great. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, like I said, we're just humans, you know, we're going to try to meet you, but like, we don't know sometimes that you're even there. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, it's just the reality, right? Like, yeah. the reality of touring, there's things. But you're like, you're more extreme. You're like, don't bother me. Well. In the words of the bad When ones. I'm dressed like Clark Kent, you know, there's no yeah. pictures, you know. And a lot of times they're cool with it, you know. Yeah. Sometimes they're like, what? I'm like... But that's how you maintain. I'll sign anything you want. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, it's, I'm like that too. I mean, the thing, I'm still trying to figure this out exactly, but like, obviously like my Clark Kent and Superman are not like as drastically different as his are, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. but, um, you know, generally speaking, when I'm after the show, when I'm walking from the venue to the bus, I just like got out of a shower, washed my hair, washed my face, put on my like face serums and stuff you know I'm like like almost at the equivalent of like if you picture a lady with curlers in her hair and cucumbers on her yeah, eyes and yeah. mud on her face like I'm almost like that in pajamas and then people want pictures with me yeah. Yeah. you know and so I'm like okay I guess I guess we can do it but like really I don't want to be in a picture at that exact moment yeah. you know like yeah. I'm kind of like in my like sleeping wear and like and the thing is, I have no choice but to be like that, because once you get on the bus, you don't have access to running water anymore. You don't have access to, like, hot water anymore sometimes. You know, so, like, if I want to get clean before going to bed, I have to do it in the venue. Yeah. And so then it, I'm, it's always a dilemma. I'm like, oh, I really, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess I'll take the picture, but this is kind of embarrassing, actually, because, like, in normal day-to-day -day life, if I looked like this, I would not be taking a picture of myself, you know? I, I will... <laughs> That's what you should have made being uh, your hideous natural appearance like myself and your gimmick <laughs> yeah. and then you don't have to worry about it. You're, you're always camera ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I just, I, I basically, I'm just like, well, I'll just smile, and then it'll just be, I don't know, I, that, you know, they say the best thing you can wear is a smile, so I'll just do that, but it, it is, you know, people probably don't realize this, but anytime if I'm like, oh, I really don't want to take a picture, it's not because I don't like that person and I don't want to take a picture with yeah. them, it's because I'm totally aware that I'm the lady with the curlers in her hair in that moment, you know, <laughs> so, <laughs> and I don't really want to be on, captured eternally in that look, but... You know, it, it happens anyways. I just normally I just do it anyways. But, yeah, yeah. Was it always that way with the Clark Kent Superman kind of thing? Like, no, you know when it stopped. I was at Disneyland with my daughter, and some dude wouldn't leave me the fuck alone. And I almost punched him in his face. And I was like, you know what? I don't want nobody to see me like this no more. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to get recognized. I yeah. want to fucking snake through. <laughs> yeah. You know, if I like this shirt, I put this on a hood. They don't even know it's me. No. I'm trying to get a wig or something so that because we give each other away too, you know. Yeah. Like, if you know, if people see the blue hair, they might just be like, okay, it's a girl with blue hair. But then they see the blue hair and the muscles, and then they're like, oh, I know who that is, yeah. you know. And so, you know, if he wears like a baggy shirt and hides the muscles, and sometimes I'll just like tuck all my hair in a hat or whatever, <laughs> and like now we're like we're free. But <laughs> but then of course we look kind of weird because he's like wearing a. We panic actually if we're walking down the street together and we see some metalheads. We're like, oh shit, metalheads. <laughs> Metalheads, we love seeing yeah, them at yeah. our shows, but then if ever we're just like you know, just bumming around, it's or just social like, anxiety, too. Yeah, if there's a hundred thousand like, people, I have no problem yeah. being in front of them. If yeah. there's two, <laughs> or yeah, ten, it's just, 50, I'm like, no, don't it's because like you suddenly yeah. lose your anonymity, you know, it's like weird. suddenly it's like everybody knows, you know, like, and I, I mean, it's in Montreal, obviously, because we have a good metal scene and because I live here, this it happens frequently enough, you know, mm -hmm. but um. And, and like I said, I like totally don't mind being recognized, but sometimes it's nice to just be able to walk around anonymously, you know, mm -hmm. and just be like, if I want to look like shit today, I can do it, and, and nobody's going to know. And the people I walk past or walk next to or are in line with with misfit shirts on, they don't have no idea yeah. it's me. Yeah. Oh, it happens all the time. We'll pass people with misfits backpacks or shirts or whatever. and It's fucking fun. <laughs> Especially in this town, too. Yeah. I think you've even just been like, hey, nice shirt. And like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's like screw off, man. <laughs> yeah, but you wish you had one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but when you guys toured back in the day, like on the first kind of go around, you guys made it out to the West Coast. We did. There's that's like that famous point where you know, like, well, I guess Earth AD kind of like everything Walk Among Us, mm -hmm. you know, was spot. Is that story about Motley Crue true? Where you guys? Have never you know what? I've never. I wasn't there if it's true. Okay. Have you heard the story? No. Have I? The Misfits apparently chase, with Henry Rollins chasing Motley Crue down Sunset Strip. I didn't do it. <laughs> I've, no I've never idea. met them. Yeah, okay. And I wouldn't chase them if I met them. You should have just gone with a legend. You're like, just been like, no comment. Edit that out. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll but you guys definitely had that re reputation right from the get-go of a band like you don't want to fuck with this band like I have live records where well you know back then the shows were crazier than they are today people were I mean people were flying all over the fucking place yeah. jumping out of balconies and on and off the stage throwing chairs and tables on the stage it was violent as hell mm -hmm. you know and a lot of times you, you're the security mm -hmm. yeah unfortunately you know and when they grab the singer I'm the security no, yeah. If you you come up there when I see you, I'm, I'm gonna get you. Yeah. I imagine a lot of times you're bigger than most of the security. 
sometimes, but you know, why do I got to do it? Yeah, no. You know what I mean? Then I punch somebody, then my hand's in an ice bucket all night after the show. I don't need that shit. Yeah. But it's, it's funny because misfits were like a, like rock stars. It, like you know, I'm, I'm this is coming from an outsider who didn't see you guys till you know the second go around. I know, but like we're like rock stars in amongst a bunch of just bands. You know, like I don't mean that like in the way you carried yourselves because I didn't know, but like I mean like just the pictures. You know, like well, we larger than life. Yeah. It's like, to me, you know, it's funny. I was on tour with Danzig, and one of the guys in Danzig, I won't mention any names, was like, "Why do you why do you wear those boots?" <laughs> he's like why do you wear that makeup why do you do that I'm like well why don't you do it and I, was, I said well how many action figures you got out too many right <laughs> that's yeah. why I fucking do it to me this is the way you do it yeah, you yeah. Just, if you just get roll out of bed put on your dirty laundry and go on stage to me I'm like what the fuck is that to me you gotta be I don't know you gotta be different when you walk in the room everybody's gonna be like whoa this, something just changed yeah was there any band back then there's like no band I can think of back then you know, like short of you know, short of Kiss, maybe the Mad, that band from uh, New York that used to do live surgeries on, like he's a special effects guy. <laughs> Mad Mark Root, Mad not Mark Mad Mark Root, who's the artist, sorry. Uh, the Mad, they were this band from New York. They would play with the stimulators a lot. I think they might have opened for you. Mad guys. Ball? No, no, the not Mad, Ball. just the Mad pre pre Mad Ball. The guy did the effects for the Reanimator later on. Wow, and that was his yeah. band. Yeah, we watched that, that by accident. Yeah, and so he would do like these live like surgeries to himself oh. on stage and like, but like you know, but right. I'm saying like in punk, well, so me, much of it is about stripping I that away. I got a lot of it from like Alice Cooper was my mm -hmm. hero. I loved mm -hmm. Alice Cooper when I was a kid, and you know, you know, I've always I've always felt that punk was more image oriented than metal. Even though my music has always been metal, I've always associated more with the punk image. Mm -hmm. um, well, it's, it's fashion right at the gate, right? Like, That's it, you like know, like Vivian it's, Westwood was like Sex Pistols, like, yeah, like yeah. they were her, her muse for a while. Yeah, yeah. And, and like metal, I, I do think like if you, the, you know, archetypal metalhead, you just think of like someone who hasn't like shaved or showered or cut their hair or changed their clothes in mm -hmm. a few years mm -hmm. you know <laughs> yeah. and, that's, and that's a metalhead whether that's a male or a female that's a metalhead but the punk it was you know to me that was more appealing just because it was like patches with like either bands you like or political statements on yeah, them and like hair, studs and spikes everywhere and coloring your hair and shaping it in a weird way and like all this attitude in the look it wasn't just like this is who I am. It was like, no, 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 this is who I want to be and this is who I'm becoming. And, and I always, I always liked that a lot more, you know, mm -hmm. I, and I've, I've gotten shit before too, just being like, you look, you look too punk to be in a metal band. And I'm like, well, then I'm going to be the weird punk person in a metal band because I don't, like, trust me, it doesn't look good when I don't do this. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't want to see me au naturel. <laughs> well, that's such a great point. You know, you're right, because it is like, it was right at the get-go, very much, you know, like, uh, 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 you know, especially in England, when it gets yeah. taken up in England, and you look at yeah. the new wave of British heavy metal, which mm -hmm. gets going at the same time, which is very much working class, just like, guys, just going to see these bands, and, yeah. and women going to see these bands, yeah, and then you look yeah. at punk, and it was art school students, very, yeah. very calculated in a lot of ways, you know, and, and, and it, yeah, you're right. It's very, yeah. very kind of inverted than a lot of people yeah. imagine in punk, like myself, like to think of it. <laughs> yeah. And I know that like, you know, punk, it's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm rebelling or whatever, but it's like, but by rebelling, it means you do give a fuck, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. But I like that. I think that's a positive. We were on tour with this band once, and they were like, "Hey, can I come on your bus and watch our new video?" I'm like, "Sure, come on." He comes on the bus, puts in. He goes, "Give me your honest opinion, Phil." I'm like, "Sure." No, really, give me. Your, all right, all right. So I'm watching it, and they have. They're playing. I'm not going to mention the band. They're all playing, and then the kids are jumping on and off the stage. And I says, "You really want my opinion?" He goes, "Yeah." I says, "I can't tell who's in the band, and who's not in the band. You all look like the fucking people in the crowd." Yeah. That's my opinion. Well, that's like wrestling. You know, like they always say, you don't want to look, you don't want the wrestlers to look like the people in the stands. No. Yeah. You know, and that's... The, only the jobbers, they'll just wear like red underwear or exactly. blue underwear and then they just get beat up. That's <laughs> my gosh. Well, I want to keep you guys forever and talk forever, but uh, you both probably have things to do today and I should let you go get on with it. I didn't even get to punish you about wrestling, which is... Anyone that listens to this podcast knows is one of my favorite things okay, to talk about. Okay, punish me, guys. Well, no, I, 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 I should let you go. But You're not going to pile drive me or nothing. No, no. <laughs> yeah. well, uh, I think if there's anyone worried about that in this situation, it's myself. Um, but um, like, uh, there's this famous story about your brother and Dr. Death, Steve Williams. Mm-hmm. Where is he, he dead? He is dead uh, now. What a tough guy. Ooh. He was a tough, tough man. Oh, man. A tough, tough man. He wanted to kill us. Yeah, well, he wanted to kill him. <laughs> I was safe. They all liked me for some reason, you know. They, they, you're a they, they guy. wanted to kill him. He's, <laughs> Dude, he's just, you know, going. he's always on. Yeah. yeah. Those people, they don't fuck around. They didn't like that we walked right in there, got the time slot, mm-hmm. got the big car to drive around. You know, got paid, and we we didn't do anything. We're not even wrestlers. Yeah. So, but you looked it. Like I remember watching it as a kid, and it was right around. You know, right around the time that I was seeing the Misfits, and I was just like, "My gosh, Doyle looks like he was like." They actually like, wanted me to do that, and I'm like, "I don't want to do this." Were you a fan of it as a kid at all? Uh, when I was little, we watched it, but it was like there was no skits. Yeah, yeah, it was massive. And then when I got on it, and then we watched it in the hotel room with Vampiro, I'm like. I'm a little embarrassed to be on the show. What the fuck is this shit? Yeah. Where's the guy yelling? They they would go on and yell at each other, and then they would go wrestle. Yeah. Yeah, it was a different era. I was so it was it's fucking lame. I think Bob Mould was writing over that time. I texted him to find out beforehand from Husker Du. Um, I think you know Husker Du, who Misfits definitely played with. I think. Yes, I remember that name. But he, uh, I think, was writing at at the time too, which is amazing to think that two of these like seminal punk forces. Our meeting in Atlanta at, for WCW wrestling. It was crazy, but you know what? It's it's what's who's gonna win is not real, but what's happening is so fucking horrifyingly real. Oh yes, it was horrifying. Yeah, like I went there. I'm a big guy. I went there. I felt like One like time. a twelve year old girl. That's how fucking small I was. It. They were like seven feet tall, and it twice the size I am, but seven feet tall. I think though, luckily, now it's a different era. There are a lot, there's a lot more smaller guys, so. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy, and it was, everything that's happening is fucking happening. Well, I would love to do a part two with you guys in the future, <laughs> because this has been a lot of fun. We didn't get very far, but we had, a, I had an amazing time. Thank you both so much. No yeah, problem. thank you. Double high five. Yeah. How awesome with that. We're both going to come back for a part two, hopefully, and we'll get more into to some other fun stuff to talk about. I'm uh, glad I got to talk about Dr. Death Steve Williams and uh, that Jerry Only story because that's something that I've always heard about. And that's what this show's all about. Me bringing you stuff that I've always been curious about. I don't care about you. I just care about me. No, I'm just kidding. 
I care about you so much that next week on the show, for episode 104, I have my current guest in the hotel room, Jonah Falco, joining me for the show. Jonah, give everyone a preview, buddy. Good evening. That's all right. That's what you're going to be hearing next week, uh, a voice of, uh, of, a, of, of one of the most important people in my life outside of my family, someone who has been with me through thick and thin, and you will learn all about it next week on the show. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you to my two incredible guests this week. Thank you again to Jasmine, Garland, and Tristan, and I tell you, you are a, a trio above all others, even better than Hanson. That's right, even better than Hanson. Once again, if you want to get in touch with me, hit me up on various forms of social media, at Left for Damien. You can find me on, uh, you can hit me up at DamienAbraham.com. You can also go over to iTunes and subscribe to this podcast and write a review and rate it and tell all your friends about it. And uh, yeah, that's about it. That's about it. Facebook.com, turn to punk. Tumblr.com, turn to punk. And once again, remember that Turned Out a Punk is coming on tour. We're going to be doing all those stops November 5th again at uh, the amazing Sound on Sound Festival in Austin, Texas. And then later on in December, December 12th, The Great Scott in Alston, Massachusetts, Boston. December 13th, The Black Cat in Washington, D.C. Johnny Brenda's on December the 14th in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And then on Thursday, December the 15th, Rough Trade Records in Brooklyn, New York. So come out and see this live. I got some surprises. I got some fun stuff planned. So we'll have a good time. Anyway, go out there and make your own culture. Anyone can do this shit. And remember, next week, the Jonah Falco from Fucked Up, Career Suicide, Mad Men, and of course, the infamous Board of Education. And we will go into the, the, the true history of Career Suicide and expose the fact that they are a 100% scab band next week on the show everyone